Welcome back. SEN's inaugural coverage of the Bathurst 1000. We're doing it all thanks to tyre power, your tyre experts, and we're doing it for J-Car as well, up to 50% off the Brass Monkey and J-Car. And remember, we're here live from Bathurst, all thanks to Barbecues Galore. Huge savings with Barbecues Galore, visiting in-store or online. Now, Noons, we've got a very special guest in the mobile studio. We do, and he's a man with a very big, big job tomorrow. He's a little bit of a stressed unit right now because... His co-driver, Anton Di Pasquale, is about to take to the track very soon for the top 10 shootout. Tony Delberto joins us in the studio for our WD40 chat. Seven decades, one solution. Tomorrow, you're Anton's co-driver solution. But right now, you've got to just sit back and watch. I'm, I'm his uh, cheer squad. <laughs> I've got the pom-poms <laughs> out ready to and go. I'm like full cheer squad. So, yeah, he's got a big job this afternoon with the shootout. And uh, he's just having a little relax now and getting his, getting his head in, into gear. It's obviously a big job. Uh, Peter, you've done it before, and you know what it's all about. Um, you know, to sit out for, you know, hours during the day, and then to try and perform one lap miracle, uh, you know, for the top ten shootout is is um, you know, big expectation on his shoulders. Uh, but I think he's up to the job. And it's hard. It's five o'clock. The sun's coming down. You know, you wouldn't have driven the car for three or four hours. Now you're in, you're trying to think about the race runs, getting the car right. Now it's all about you know one lap. I've been in your shoes before. Yeah, you're sitting there, your third, your, your third last car out. You know, what, what are you feeling? You know, what, what do you think the shootout will, uh, will play? Look, we're really excited. I mean, there's obviously been a lot of chat leading into this weekend, and uh, we're really trying to maximise the package that we have and we feel that we have so far. And, uh, you know, to sit, you know, P3 in qualifying, I think, was a great effort by Anton. did a, a ripper lap. Well, I watched the onboard, and uh, it was scary watching it from the laptop. So, um, you know, he really extracted everything. So I'm... Uh, you know, I've got my fingers crossed for him. You know, everyone says, you know, it doesn't matter where you start the Bass of 1000. There's heaps of time to make up positions. But, you know, it goes out the window. If you're in the top 10 shootout, you want to start from pole and you want to uh, put on a good show. So he's uh, not going to leave anything on the table this afternoon. This is your 19th. Bathurst oh, 1000. You, you, you are nearly officially Nerds. a veteran. I don't even nearly. look 19. I know. I don't know how you do <laughs> it. started at two. Yeah, must be the moisturiser. I'm not quite sure. Tell me, though, new cars. Basically, yep. everything you knew from the last 19 years and this generation of previous car of 10 years is kind of out the window. Have you had to retrain your brain this weekend? Because the car looks different on the track. It yeah. looks like it reacts differently. Have you had to completely reprogram everything you know about driving a supercar at this track? Oh, look, some of the flow and the rhythm of the circuit doesn't change, but it's just trying to feel, uh, you know, the, the limit of the car without stepping over that limit and obviously damaging it. So I, I was saying before we went on air that uh, my first couple of laps around the mountain in this Gen 3 car, I was holding onto the steering wheel really, really tight. And uh, I had to tell myself just to relax and, you know, try and breathe because... They don't have as much feedback as the older generation car where they were really stable in, in the rear of the car, especially, and gave you a lot of confidence to push really hard across the top. These cars are quite vague, and uh, especially when the tyre starts to go away, it's moving around a lot. And uh, it does make the driver's job quite difficult, but you know I'm feeling more comfortable now. Uh, I've done a lot of laps this weekend, and uh, I think even though from the driver's seat it might feel a little bit crappy but uh, other people are suffering more than what we are obviously so tony you know last year a tank of fuel 23 24 laps this year 30 laps tell us what from a driver's perspective with these cars with the tire degradation as well you know what that last that last six laps going to do yeah that they're the really hard um couple of laps there at the end you know when the tires are just gone um 
as you know, PD, like with the older generation cars, over a stint, you'd actually probably go faster at the end because you, you'd burn down the fuel and the tyre was so consistent. It's completely opposite here. We've got heaps of fuel, but the tyre just won't last. So I think all the boffins up and down pit lane, the engineers are trying to work out whether it's better to stop early and just keep throwing tyres at it or to, you know, keep going that uh, you know, full stint of, you know, 28, 29 laps. So we're going to find out a lot tomorrow. I think the strategy is not going to be as straightforward as what we've seen before. We're going really into the unknown for yes. tomorrow's Bathurst 1000. We've got Tony Delberto with us for WD-40 multi-use products. Seven decades, one solution available at all leading retailers. So tomorrow, 11.15am, race starts. There's always conjecture about who starts the race, yeah. but it's always ended up, for all the chat, being the co-driver that gets put in. Because the aim of the game is for the main driver to yeah. be in at the finish of the race. Given all the changes and the way the tanker fuel works, the bigger tanks, but the tyres wear out, does that change at all? Or will we it see does. pretty much all the co-drivers line up? No, tomorrow? I think you'll see a split grid. Uh, I know Anton's done a start this weekend. I've done a start myself. So we're, we're gearing up to have that, that option either way. Um, I think my feeling is I'm going to start the race, cause, uh, but they haven't told me just yet. But uh, I think they wanted to keep the option open and just see how the tyre was lasting uh, over stints you know, in the practice sessions, and then they'll make their decision. But I think the strategy is going to be a lot different tomorrow than what we've seen in the past. So it's not straightforward. You, know, you get your co-driver in, get them out, and then they do the last three stops to the end. So let's put our eyes on today. Top 10 shootout. It's one car on the track against the clock by themselves. All of these drivers have different personalities, different approaches, different styles. For Anton, Anton Di Pasquale, he's driving your car, car number 11. Do you well, leave him alone? Car. Well, it's, it's his car. car. <laughs> oh, I thought no, I had it well. Come on like, now. You <laughs> win together tomorrow <laughs> if so. you win the race. or You go well, you can't claim the credit, and he can't claim the credit. You, you need each other. Yep. But my point being, do you get out of his way in the next half an hour or so building up to this? Is he, is he off by himself out there listening to music? Some guys are really relaxed, cracking jokes with their crew members. What's his way of approaching this uh, one? He, he's pretty relaxed. There's no doubt about that. But he's just in the motorhome now, just chilling out with Will. Um, they're probably talking war stories. and uh, you Back know, in my day. Yeah, Back previous races, you know what they're like. Um, but, yeah, at the moment, um, I'm just uh, doing some of the corporate stuff for them so they don't have to worry about any of that. And then uh, they're just focusing on what their job at hand is coming up uh, for the top 10 shootout because... You know, you really got to focus in on that lap and nail it. You don't get a couple laps just to build up. You've got to get everything right. And um, I think probably the hardest bit of the top 10 shootout would be trying to just nail turn one. You know, you, you sort of go into that turn one with an unknown of how much grip do I actually have. And that can really set up your lap. If you stuff up turn one, you're on the back foot the, for the rest of the lap. Um, but if you underdo it, you've got a lot of catching up to do. When you add a turn one, for everyone listening at home, on the dash, you've got a running lap time. So uh, as the lap goes on, you're either plus, which is slower, or minus, which you're quicker. You come out of turn one and you see you just don't get out of the corner well enough and the time just goes yeah. slower and slower <laughs> and slower. And you really have to mentally think about, do you break later into turn two? Yeah, do you try and make it up? Let's make it up and then over the top of the mountain, same thing. You know, yep. what, 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 uh, what's been that been like for, for the weekend you so far? You know what? O over the stints that I've done so far this weekend, I had to keep telling myself to stop looking at that... that, um, that um, the running, running time. Yeah, exactly. Because it's just... It almost distracts you because you think, oh, yeah, I'll just break a little bit deeper for the next corner. And then you stuff that one up and it just compounds. So, uh, but those guys, you know, they're, they're absolute professionals. They know what to do. They know where they can extract a little bit more. But it, vice versa, you could be on a mammoth lap and then come into the chase and think, oh, I'll just be a bit safe here and undo all your good work. So it's a really big balancing act. It's how big is your belly? I mean, you can have the biggest eyes in the world to <laughs> eat the plate of lap time. 
but you could eat a little bit too much and yeah. you're full. So yeah. it's, it's going to be the, the case of risk and reward. We know from in the past, th- there's one place that you need to make sure that Anton avoids today. Eighth. Don't finish oh, really? the shootout eighth. Why? Oh, okay. In six decades of this great race, no one, no one has won from eighth. You could create history tomorrow or history <laughs> could get you. I'm not quite sure, but I think that's the place you don't want today. Look, I think if we can uh, start anywhere from P3 forward, that'd be a, that'd be a really good top ten shootout for us. But, you know, I think we've genuinely got enough pace to do that. It's just whether or not we can execute it at the right time today. Well, first you want to be ahead of your teammate. True. Double stacking will play a big part. You know, long pit stops this year as well, long long stints as well. So talk talk the uh, listeners through uh, that impact as well. Yeah. It, so in our team, obviously we run two cars, and uh, whoever is in front on strategy or on the road gets priority if um, you know there's a safety car or anything like that and what that might mean is uh, it still might be better to to double stack the cars but the car in second in the team has to wait a long time for the first car to get serviced so um, you just drop a heap of positions but it still might be the best strategy for the team so if you can be in front um, your day is just a little bit more yeah it's a bit more straightforward you've got that priority um, it's a little bit easier. You see in the first uh, 10 or 15 laps of the race when two teammates are actually close together, there's actually a lot of competition. You, the engineers on the other radio, you know, they might not say pass your yeah. teammate, but they're, they're willing the, uh, the driver on because it makes such a big difference you and see it, it can in, set you back. In for Formula the whole day. 1 all the time, you know, I was watching Liam Lawson and uh, Sonoda there at Suzuka going hammer and tong for that first lap because I, I knew as a driver what they were trying to achieve. You know, they're trying to get pit priority. Um, so it is a challenge, but... It's a long race, and we don't want to come, uh, you know, hit each other at the start of the race. So uh, we'll play it sensibly. We've talked so much in the lead-up to this race about this 60th anniversary. It's so important. It's so special. But we should also mention, too, it's the 50th anniversary of Dick Johnson's first Bathurst in 1973. It was in a Holden. We won't tell everybody <laughs> that. It, he, he moved on a little bit later on down the track to the Fords. Tell me about driving for the legend that is Dick uh. Johnson. He's, a, he's an absolute icon of the sport, and to be honest, I have to pinch myself uh, that I've been with this team for so long. Um, so much history in, in the sport of supercars and, and car racing in Australia, and I think every year we come back and we're celebrating some other milestone. He's, that he's got achieved. a few. He's got a few. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, he's a racer, you know. He comes here, he's watching every session, he's got a headset on, he's listening to debriefs, he's putting his two cents in. He's just passionate about the game. And uh, that's why he's been so successful in his career. That's why he's still got a team around him that great partners, great sponsors, great drivers, you know, the, the main guys are some of the best drivers in the category. And, you know, Will Davidson, for instance, got two Bathurst wins to his name. So the team uh, has got, uh, you know, all the runs on the board and that's a real credit to DJ and all the work that he puts in behind the scenes. It's an amazing history that that team has. It's been up and down, but he keeps fighting. He keeps coming yeah, back. I tell you what, for a guy who hasn't raced here at Mount Panorama since 1999, he's still got massive autograph lines. He's still box office. He's Queensland's favourite. I, I got asked today actually by a fan, uh, are they all these people here to get your autograph? And we had an autograph <laughs> session. I said, no, they're probably here to get DJs. <laughs> <laughs> tell me too, you've been busy racing this year. You've got your, your Honda program in the TCR, yep. the turbocharged uh, front-wheel drive cars. Does that help? I mean, it's a very different type of car here. Do you need to be driving a rear-wheel drive V8 during the year for it to help you when you get into this situation, or Um, any car racing is good car racing? Look, I think it would be uh, beneficial if you were driving the same car and you'd you'd be a little bit more familiar with it, especially this year with the the new cars. But um, I've got a great opportunity with Honda to race in TCR, and it's, it's tough racing. There's young guys in there that are 
banging doors with me and it's sprint racing so it's quite tough and i think that does sharpen me up um it gives me you know another seven or eight races a year so when i get to these endurance races i'm not just you know fresh off the couch and straight into the grand final i've actually got some racing under my belt and uh, I think that's that's really beneficial. This weekend, your team's not just running the two regular cars. I want to quickly cover this. There is a third. Yep. Dick Johnson Racing, Shelby Power Mustang. It's a wild card. It's just for this weekend. Young Kai Allen from South Australia. As we speak, he's on the podium at the moment, spraying <laughs> some champagne. He's just won the Dunlop Super 2 Series round. He's teaming up with Simona Di Silvestro's come back to Australia after some time away uh how are they performing this weekend from what i've seen they've had a pretty good run so far yeah i mean kai is obviously a hugely talented young guy there and uh he's had a big program this weekend doing super two he's in the championship hunt so he's got that pressure around him um he's great driving for a great team in eccleston motorsport pd that you've won uh, plenty of races for um and then he's you know trying to flip over to you know doing qualifying in the gen 3 car and sort of leading that program a little bit as well so um i reckon he'll be a tired boy come monday but He's obviously performing really well. He's taken out the round win there. And I think, you know, Simona has just been edging back into it. She hasn't been in one of these cars for a long time. And I spoke earlier about, you know, the, the lack of feedback in these cars and how difficult they are to drive. And it's, it's probably not the easiest race to come back and, and do, a, do a race. But I think she's really enjoying back being back in Australia. And uh, she loves the DJR team and being part of it. I saw her the other day speaking about the driver changes and the cars this year oh, got so a smaller tight. entry for you to get in and out of them. She had bruises all yep. over her upper arms. How, I mean, you're you're one of the shorter drivers in the field, not the yep. shortest. How are you going with it? Because it looks like a real... You need it, to really stop and figure it out. It's very tight. You know, the opening where you put your helmet through is and your body is, is smaller than we've ever seen before. You know, the seat's a long way inboard as well, so I'm pretty short. So just for me to actually, you know, put my leg in the car and try and get into that pedal box area, it's quite a stretch. So I think some of the, the taller drivers, like uh, a Nick Perkat, for instance, who's quite lanky and skinny, um, they're jumping in not too bad as well. But um, it's definitely tight. When we did practice uh, a few weeks ago at the final uh, test session before Bathurst, we're doing ones at the workshop. And uh, I pulled up with that many bruises before the test. And then we were trying to do hot ones on the test day. And we did a handful of them. And Benny Croak, our, our team manager, said, oh, do you want to do some more? I said, nah, I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm purple, like up and down my leg. Uh, it's just, you know, throwing yourself in there. You're scratching your helmet. And, um, so he's more concerned about scratching well, his helmet than know, injuring his body. You know what it's like. <laughs> uh, but... You know, when we do the stops in the race, uh, yeah, a normal stop with, with a full um, fill of t fuel will take a long time. So it's like 50 seconds or something. So you've got heaps of time. But it's when, you know, if the conditions change, we just came in just to throw wets on it or something like that and a driver change, you've got to be able to do it within, you know, 10 or 15 seconds. In these cars, it's bloody hard to do. And that's the pressure. It's late in the race. It's when there's a safety car, you know, just outside the fuel window or there's an opportunity to splash and dash at the end. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's where it's really, really hard as well. And, you know, that extra second or two that you try to shave off can actually slow you down exactly. five or six seconds. So that's the balance you have. Do you aim for 16 or 17? Yeah. Do it consistently? Well, or do you try to do a 15, but when you get it wrong, it's 20 plus seconds? You know, the team are really good in telling us, hey, this is going to be a long stop. So you just take your time a little bit more. You know, you put the belt up on the magnet, you jump out, not casually, but you're not throwing yourself out of the car. But sometimes, you know, you just have to throw yourself out and throw the next driver in, shut the door and hope for the best. So um, it, it's definitely a big challenge, these uh, driver changes with these cars. And 
like I said, I'm a smaller driver and I'm finding it quite difficult. So some of the bigger drivers, taller, maybe a slightly wider, I think you're going to find it <laughs> <laughs> challenging as well. No names mentioned in that comment, <laughs> uh, just a little bit. I want to take you back, 2017, you got on the podium here with Fabian Coulthard together yep. in one of the Shell V Power Falcons. PD's been on the podium as a winner and, and a runner-up before. Tell our listeners what it feels like on that magic day with that big crowd below spraying champagne. Yeah. Is that the childhood dream? I oh. mean, is there anything that is better in motor racing? Uh, it is definitely the a childhood dream. It's something that you aspire to as you're, you know, from a young age driving go-karts and all the way through your career. You know, when I was sort of six years old, I used to camp on the top of the mountain and watch all my heroes driving around, you know, you DJs and uh, Larry Perkins and Brocky and Ingle and all these guys, Cedo racing really hard and then to you know actually get on the podium and spray some of that champagne it is a very very special moment um and it's not easy to come by it's it's just not easy unless you nick perk out and you just you know first race you just get a win, win. you know because <laughs> that doesn't happen to many of us but um super special moment not only for myself but for my family that's come along for the ride as well so I'd love to get another podium and a win would just, you know, absolutely top it off. So top 10 shootouts only about 13-odd minutes away. If it's not Anton on pole, who's on pole for the great race this year? Uh, who's my pick? Mm. Well, I mean, I think, you know, you can't go past uh, Brody. He's been outstanding this weekend. You know, they've topped heap of sessions. He's driving so well. Even under the pressure of leading the championship, I think he's just taken a new stride. So I think we're going to have to have a very, very big lap to overcome him. But, uh, you know, the mountain, it's uh, always exciting, these top 10 shootouts, and it's definitely not a certainty. So um, I've got my fingers crossed for Anton, obviously, but, uh, you know, Brody's going to be hard to beat. So 10 cars will be up against the clock here at Bathurst in just over 13 minutes' time. There are going to be six Fords. There are going to be four Camaros. There are two cars from the Shell V Power Racing team at Dick Johnson Racing. Will Davison in car 17, he'll be first against the clock, 10th fastest in qualifying yesterday, and Anton Di Pasquale, third fastest yesterday, so he'll be uh, eighth up against the clock, so third last to go. He gets a chance to see what everybody else does, what the track conditions are like, what the lap times are to aim for. Gives him a bit of a, ben a bit, bit of a benchmark. But also gets the feedback from Will as well. Yep. So Will can give the feedback, you know, about is there some dirt on the track or is the, the conditions change, is it a little bit more slippery, is there cloud cover as well. So sometimes there is an advantage by having two cars at different ends of the top 10 shootout yeah, as well. No, no doubt. I mean, Will can feedback, you know, tyre pressures and how the tyre come in over the lap as well. And generally, as we see, you know, the sun comes down, the conditions get a little bit better. Um, generally a little bit uh, faster at the end of the, at the run there. TD, all the best to you for the Thank big you. race tomorrow. We've got one lap for everyone this afternoon. 161 tomorrow. We'll take a break. SEN Supercar, stay with us. The top 10 shootout, not far away.